Hi, I'm Joshua Harris, the world-famous author of A Kiss Dating Goodbye. Apparently, the book I wrote when I was 19 years old about the evils of dating and the purity of courtship ended up harming a lot of people and led to a lot of disastrous relationships and ill-fated marriages. Sorry about that. Oh, that was my bad. I guess 19-year-old males aren't exactly authorities on human interaction, much less romantic relationships. Anyway, to make up for all the pain and suffering that I'm responsible for, I'm going to make a documentary about all the people who follow the principles in my book, which isn't at all exploiting people's mental and emotional struggles that I helped create. It's perfectly normal. I used to think courtship was perfectly normal, too. Oh, somebody please stop me. Oh, God, I'm a monster. seriousness this attempt to explain where the titles of movies come from and stuff like that and the new trend of like diving fully into that in our age of reboots and stuff so annoying like oh you're han who are you I, I, with god i don't want to talk about anybody i don't want to talk about you're solo oh, oh god please. does that mean spanish exists in a galaxy far far away yeah. and if so why is no one speaking it no, that means know, that when they those. wrote the Han Solo script, somebody had been watching Game of Thrones too much and wanted to make Han Solo Jon Snow, is what it means. And so they gave him the the equivalent of Snow <laughs> actually, as a last name. Actually, Matt, there is a very specific reason why Jon Snow is called Jon Snow. It's because if you're a bastard and you're born in the North, you get the last name Snow. I know why the reason is. My point is, whoever wrote Han Solo said, oh, look, he's like this orphan guy. So in that world, they're called Snow. So let's make Han Solo that so that he's like this cool orphan guy, too. And we'll call him Solo. I don't, I don't think the connection is, is that clear, to be honest. I, think <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Star Trek. So then why? Here's my Back question. Star Trek. At some point, did, did Han legally change his name because his kid's name is Ben Solo? And solo, yeah. It's, yeah. So, I don't know. It's I don't so know. Dumb. I don't know. Dumb. I hate that movie. I don't, okay, maybe yourself? I don't hate it. I'm just so very underwhelmed by, by it. Yourself? I don't want to talk about okay. it. Okay, it was fun. It was a fun movie. I love how we're ending our Star Trek episode talking about Star Wars. Um, no, we're, this is actually this is the beginning of the dating episode. What are you talking about? <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that how it that would always be great, ends? Actually, that would be great. Actually, <laughs> this is actually the beginning of what? what? Did you say? This, I is the begin- that? this is the beginning of the dating episode. <laughs> <laughs> Open our dating episode with mommy and daddy fighting. Okay. <laughs> well, oh god, I could keep talking about Star uh, about Solo. God, yeah. what a horrible. But yeah, it, it, Matt, your, your comment though about like saying the title of things in like an episode. It, it, there's a uh, there's a great little Family Guy 
one of his, one of their quick cuts where he does that, where he's like sitting in a movie and they show like a whole bunch of movies where the guy says the title of the movie in the movie. And he's like, they said the title. <laughs> Peter's just like, they said the title. I love it. <laughs> That's it's like the, the chappy joke, right? That's on Twitter. I don't know that. Where you lean over to your friend and when he's like, that, that's chappy. <laughs> I don't know that joke. Well, no, because like someone, someone made the joke on Twitter where like they're watching Chappie and like the guy leans over to his girlfriend and says, oh, that's Chappie. <laughs> and so like every time like a new movie comes out, it's like, oh, that's, that's, that's the Avengers. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, oh, like, that's funny. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, so dating, um, I'm not doing it. Um, I did you, did you kiss a goodbye, JP? Here to talk about. I don't. I never even got to. I got a chance to kiss a goodbye. It's been avoiding me for a long, long time. I, it's no, no. Anyway, so I'm the expert to talk about dating. Let's talk about dating, guys. Let's talk about uh, this this guy who uh, uh, ruined lives uh, with a book. All right, and all right. He's making up I, with not- an apology. Um, Every now and then, right? We do these things where uh, people, people like we read an, we read a little statement thing before we start an episode or whatever. So, I mean, you didn't give me the chance to do that. We want to talk about movie titles. That's okay. Um, okay, well, we can do it right now. It's fine. I don't know. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, whatever. Uh, this is a statement from Joshua Harris. Okay. Um, <laughs> Guys, are you breaking up on our dating episode? <laughs> I'm done so, courting you, Chuck. I won't read the whole thing because it's, it's really, it really long. But he says, um, but this is Joshua Harris. For those who don't know, um, those who don't, don't know who Joshua Harris is, um, you're welcome. Um, or good for you or, or congratulations, whatever. Um, he is a guy, uh, when we were teenagers, 20 years ago, wrote a book called <laughs> I Kiss Dating Goodbye. And it had an outsized impact on Christian culture in the late nineties throughout the two, throughout the mid two thousands, um, uh, evangelical Christian culture, because it was all about shifting away from dating. You shouldn't date. You, you're not allowed, you know, you, you, it's not a good thing as a Christian to date. Um, you should be courting and everything you do is reared that you're basically trying to get married. You're looking for your spouse. You're not just, you know, casually dating, whatever. So, um, um, I never read the book. I don't think JP ever read the book. No, I'm willing to. Matt didn't read the book either. Okay. <laughs> none of us. We, none of us read the book, but all of us, <laughs> but all of us have been in, uh, affected all by of us it. Some were impacted right? by the book. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, it, it, if anything, you know, it, it, it just made me very confused. I still don't really get the difference between courtship and dating. I'm not a hundred percent sure, and I mean this in all seriousness. I don't know if anybody read the book. I think everybody bought it. Talked. I think about everyone's it, parents bought it. it went on and on about it and i don't think anybody read it i don't know yeah, i think every homeschool kids every, mostly probably every, every youth pastor read it and then they yeah. told their kids about like how every youth pastor it. had to read it and then every parent went out and bought it because the youth pastor told them you know that. what i bet if you were homeschooled you read it <laughs> i nah, think man. you finished that crap what, in what, a day what, where did no nah, i think i think joshua from? harris was too mainstream for the for the homeschool crowd he was a little too right yeah especially in the 90s homeschool crowd in the 90s woof yeah. But anyway, so anyway, so he he put out a statement recently. Uh, there's no date on it. I don't know when, but he wrote. He said, "For many years, people have asked whether I still agree with my book. I kiss dating goodbye." In addition to this question, some readers have told me the book harmed them. Hmm. Two years ago, I began a process of reevaluating the book. 
This included inviting people to share their stories with me on my website, personal phone calls with readers, an in-depth study of issues surrounding my book overseen by one of my graduate school professors, and finally creating a documentary film that captured the conversations with people who were, who were reshaping my thinking. For me, it's been important for this process of reevaluation to gauge with people and other voices. It has been drawn out because I did not want to be superficial in my response, and I have made it public because I think my reevaluation should be commensurate to the public reach of my book. I'm making two free resources available that shared how my thinking has changed. The first is a free ebook called The Books That Changed My Mind. The second is a documentary, I Survived, I Kissed, Dating Goodbye, that tells the story of my journey and highlights other voices on this topic. Exploration Films, making the film available for people to watch free online starting November 20th, 2018. Uh, the paid options for the film help support Christian filmmaking, but I'm not receiving any payment for my work on the film. Blah, blah, uh, blah. Blah, While I stand blah, by my book, I sincerely love others. My thinking has changed significantly in the past 20 years. I no longer agree with its central idea that dating should be avoided. I now think dating can be a healthy part of a person developing relationally and learning the qualities that matter most he, in a partner. He is I recommend now dating. Yeah. I recommend books like Boundaries in Dating by Dr. Henry Cloud and True Love Dates by Deborah Faleda, uh, which encourage healthy dating. Mm. Um, so there's Matt didn't more. like that title. Matt didn't like that title. <laughs> Real love dates. True yeah, love know. dates. Love dates. <laughs> I told you. He True didn't like love it. dates. True listen, love dates. If it you makes read you... that and kept going, like that's listen, listen. Mm-mm, to be fair, no. I have. Uh, to be fair, I have friends. I have. I have. I have friends other than you um, who have published uh, books in the Christian world. And since you self-publish, you didn't have to deal with this. But people who deal with publishing houses, they usually – one of the things in their contract is they cannot – they don't have the uh, – they're, they're not given the right to title their book. True love dates. Oh, uh, yeah. That's true. I mean I, 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 I can see that. That is, that is – that's a marketable – that's a marketable title. Um, right. If, if I were forced to call my book yeah. that, I would um, question my, my career choices. But If I was forced uh, to call my book that, I would not publish my book. Um, um, no, man. You got to get – people got to eat. Yeah, Can I ask a question? Yeah, I got you too. Um, good old Josh here, who we're talking about. Um, none of us know. That, no, that what? Who none of us know. Yeah, who none of us know. I just um, met him. And we have not read your book, so we're actually not commenting on his book directly. Cause right. we didn't we're commenting on, on his cultural impact. Exactly. Right. But I'm just saying that for the listener. We're not... We're not actually making fun of his book because none of us read the book. We're making fun of the impact his book had on the world around us. But my question for you, um, what has he done in the last 20 years? I don't know. Because, like, no, but seriously. Didn't he write another dating book or something? Because I kind of, well, he wrote a follow-up that kind of went against I Kiss Dating Goodbye. Yeah. Um, and was kind of like, oops, messed up that book. Let me write this one. And then he, I think, culture. And I kind of feel like culture kissed him goodbye. And this is just a desperate attempt to make himself relevant again. Like if I comment on my or, book, I mean, talk I don't about know. I, the mistake I made, then I can be back out there and here's my free resources, but the paid ones are coming later. But don't worry, I'm not taking the money. It's all being donated to great causes. Like, well, that, at least, at least he said something like, I, I think that, I think that should count for something. I don't know. It's just got publicity stunt written all over it. I'm sorry, but I'm I'm just I'm I'm leery of as you're reading that, I'm just hearing blah blah blah. Is it blah, because of the plugging? Blah blah blah. Uh, it's that maybe he should have just not plugged any of his stuff, like maybe it would have been more genuine no, if he had no, but I mean it I, is free. 
I think it's just maybe a guy who it's. <sighs> okay. All right. I mean, I, I, we, yeah, that's, and that's, that, that's, I guess that's a fair criticism. Do um, but, something new and stand out for that. Yeah. But it's like, oops, I nobody cares about my new stuff, so let me go back and talk about how horrible my old stuff was because that's the only thing people cared about. Probably. But instead of like, why didn't he just release another book and like go for it? And Cuz writing books is hard. <laughs> I know. Thank you. <laughs> oh wait, you forgot I'm, I'm, I'm like preaching in the choir here. Um but uh uh, here, here. I, I, I kind of want to give him the benefit of the doubt is, is all I'm saying. Cause I, I could, I could see himself being like, uh, 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 I'm just going to put a statement out right now saying like, I, I, I disowned that whole thing. Um, I could see myself doing that. <laughs> 20 years later, JP. I mean, well, like years? he woke up 20 years later and was like, I had a revelation. I was wrong. Or, 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 20 years. Or, or, I don't know. Listen, I don't know. listen, yes. he is, he is 43 years old. He wrote that book when he was 23 years old. Oh, this is really the problem. Yeah, well, no. You are not an expert on life-changing decisions like marriage and family. Um, he was 23? If, when you're 23. Excuse me. Oh, Excuse me, watch it. What age are you an expert at? Because Jesus was only 33, Chuck. Oh, Lord. <laughs> he wasn't married. So, and it, so, oh, so he wasn't an expert on marriage. That's a good debate. Mm, interesting. Um <laughs> No, but but seriously, like 20 years, you don't have anything else to comment on other than, oh, I just realized that I screwed your life up 20 years ago. Uh, like, right, so you're like saying too little, is, too late is, is what was going I'm on. Saying, I'm saying too little, way too late and done to obviously draw attention for something that he's worked. Like 20 years, man. Comment on it 15 years ago and maybe it would have felt genuine and think, meant something. Do you think he meant – he he felt a little pressured by or how uh, about this how about the, like when he wrote that second book and he's riding the money train off the first one and, but the second one kind of goes against it from everything i've heard how about at that time going yeah guys i messed up on that first one but it's well his second his second book is about his engagement to his wife yeah but from what i've heard it talks about like dating and stuff because in the first one he said basically like the relationship's gone and in the second one he's like oh never mind that wasn't quite right I yeah. haven't read it telling you what I was told about the books. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I, I mean, I get the sense that I get the sense that he's made statements over the years that he that he didn't agree with his book, but he's never had anything like put in like a, like an official statement like on his website or anything. So that like because so that, that statement came from his website, by the way, so, why so that 20 years later, I mean, it is convenient. I mean, right? the 20th like, anniversary, like, maybe. Maybe, did they like maybe, release the twenty? I am good. I was going to ask. Did they like release they the twenty anniversary of his book? And he's like, guys, that book is bad. I messed up big with that because that would make sense. Like, did I mean, the publisher re-release his book? I mean, I'm, it's the twentieth anniversary, guess. so like, I mean, you know how obsessed we are with cycles of anniversaries and stuff. And it's and it's Zondervan. It's Zondervan. If they can make a dime, man, they're going to do it. A horrible, horrible company. Um, but at the same time, if you'd like to publish my book, I can be reached at. <laughs> <laughs> Um, guys, let's be um, honest. I would totally I, I, I publish the them I don't know, man. That's, that's if if Zondervan if Zondervan approached me to publish something I wrote, I would I would tell them no. They would I, make you have your title be like the why the the you know the dating for true true love dates. Yeah, look, man, <laughs> then, you could call my book Thomas true Nelson, love dates and write me a no. big enough check. It's all yours. All right. <laughs> 
Okay. But let's, okay, so let's, let's focus. Let's. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so let, let yeah. That, so I, I bring this up, everybody, and I and I read this and talked about it because I I wanted to talk a little bit not only about one, you know, he's denounced this concept, but it it's one of these things. I was telling JP earlier um, before the before we started recording the episode that um, I know several people. From my from my youth, who read that book, they took the ideas really strongly to heart. They got married very young, mm-hmm. um, as a result of it, because it was all about, um, you know, it 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 set a lot of high expectations. Um, it it's a book that it was all about. You know, you try to find somebody you marry. You don't casually date. You don't just go out on dates just for the sake of going out on dates. You know, it's all about practice. You know, you only engage in a relationship with somebody if you think that this is someone I want to spend the rest of my life with. Hmm. Um, yeah, and I know yeah, a lot of people yeah. who did that, they got married to those people and now they're divorced and they had these horrible marriages. I mean, I know one person, I will not say any names, but I do know one person who, um, after it was after they got married that they found out that their spouse, like, didn't like sex. <laughs> oh, okay. And it was like, okay, how do you, you know, and I, that, I mean, actually, I think, I, yeah, anyway, um, Right. And so this is like a I mean, I think what we're really trying to speak out against is the idea of marrying somebody after dating them just for like a month or just or a few weeks or something like that's just. This is why I I wanted Matt on this episode. (laughs) Because Matt did this. I didn't know. Matt did not. Matt had nothing to do with that book and views on dating. That is not what happened. You, you all. <laughs> okay, so we're we're kind of playfully. Uh, it's a, a playful fake shade over Matt. Matt has a very unique relation. Or, or look, guys, his, his... my wife and I dated, were engaged, and married in one month. And that's fine. Right. We decided on a Friday we were going to date. That Thursday I asked her parents if I could marry her. The next Friday I proposed. Three weeks later we got married. But you knew each other for a very long time before you started Nine, nine years and two kids later for the people wondering. We're still good. Yep. Still good. Yep. So what he's saying is the book Almost works for him. <laughs> the book had nothing to do with it. Neither does the courting dating discussion have anything to do with it. In my case, all it has to do with is if you met my wife for five seconds, you would have been like, yeah, I'm going to marry her really quick too, because um, she's awesome. And you've been listening to the podcast for over a hundred episodes. So you know how Matt is. And yeah. And she's also very forgiving. And again, she's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. And I mean, you know, I was dating someone at the time, but you know, when she was when she was uh, when she was uh, teaching me swing dancing, I was kind of like, I don't know, there's something about this one. I'm about I'm about ready to call her dad. <laughs> I love how uncomfortable JP is right now. Yeah, because I had to steer this thing, and I don't know how to steer it because I want to. Oh, no. I, I want. I'm trying to. Con- I'm trying to make a con- connection between. You don't. You don't get to steer this ship, son. Okay. You get right. hit by it as no. we sail right, <laughs> Do you want to right steer around. I, I'll, I'll, I'll steer a little. I'll steer okay. a little. It's okay. Right. okay. It's okay. I, just, I made JP uncomfortable. It's funny. It is funny. It's funny. It's funny. And we have this kind of relationship where you can do yeah, this kind of stuff. I'm sorry, JP. I'm sorry that his comments and digs on my relationship with my wife made you uncomfortable. <laughs> I just no. I, I apologize. I, I, are you okay? Honestly, yeah, I just had, I had to I lose my collar a little bit. 
I really, I really, I really hope you didn't hear that as a dig because really, well, what I was, I was trying to make a comment about how amazing, your, your wife is awesome. Like that's right. the comment. Your wife's awesome, right. and she taught I'm me going, to swing dance, and I wanted to work that in there somehow. I'm going, I'm going to, I'm going to preference this discussion for our listeners out there who may actually be concerned. Um, no, my situation is unique and was right for my wife and I for yeah. a billion different reasons. And JP and Chuck both know us and know my wife and know how incredible and amazing she is. And, and how our listeners know too. Go listen to our anxiety episode. So I, I at this point am giving them free reign to make their jokes and their digs and their attacks and to rip me apart and to, and to laugh at me and to say that I fell into some cult of Harris, which is not true. But I give them free reign because they they know they know they know. Well, so go ahead. Well, and to be Do fair, your right? worst, sir. Do your I, worst, I, JP. I, you just prepare to feel uncomfortable this whole episode, <laughs> as you should, young man, as well, you should. I proposed to Kana after dating her seven months. Like it wasn't like I had this long, you know, relationship. Seven days, buddy. I was. I know. <laughs> well, I mean. I did call my I did call my mom the yeah. day I met Kana and told her I met my wife. Like I knew I was going to marry her the day I met her. Like I knew that's what was going to happen. Um, but which is weird because but but uh, anyway, let's 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 set some context here because I, I imagine that there are a number of people who are listening to this who have no idea about the whole concept of Christian courtship and what that's all about. And even was, you, JP, jokes like, you don't even understand it. I was surrounded by it. I still didn't get it. I'm like, it's still dating, guys. It is dating. It's dating. It's uh, right. Well, what dating? So it's it's as I understand it is that it's dating with a purpose. What Harris had a problem with is that basically like a casual dating of sort of like oh I'm gonna just go out with this person because they might be fun that that leads to that that can lead to like promiscuity. That's really what it came down to is he was worried about promiscuity and that dating was just sort of casual sex, and that dating should be. That, or that the relation, that the, the process of a relationship yes. should be. Uh, As we've already discussed, the way to ensure that you never have sex is get married. Tip your bartenders, Matt, everybody. <laughs> Open mic night. Um, but no, so the idea that I understand of what like courtship was all about was that you know first of all it started with groups. You never did it individually. You 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 would interact with people in a group setting. Yeah. Yeah, that's my thing. My sorry, but that was my understanding. The key is it's not alone, right? Um, yeah, sorry, and, and and you and only you, do it with somebody that you are sure could be a potential spouse, right? And and you you would talk to her parents yeah. yep. beforehand. You would get the blessing of the parents. See, this was something that happened with me. Um, my mom is a faithful listener to the podcast, so I know that she's going to hear this and she's probably going to yell into the radio. But my mom did um, expect that of me um, at a certain phase in my life. There was a girl that I had a huge crush on, and she had a huge crush on me. But my mother would not give You're us the You're pretty blessing. certain of yourself, but continue. <laughs> I knew this because she and I had these conversations for like three years of like trying to – like we wanted to, we wanted to be in a dating relationship, and my mother would not give her blessing on this and and so we weren't allowed like i wasn't allowed to date her and and whatever anyway it was a very weird thing um but in my mom's infinite wisdom um it was smart um it, it, it was smart i won't go into details but she was she was right um my mom's as, as she normally is but it was but that was the kind of thing is that i was you know there i was pressured with that expect, expectation um you know she was pressured with that kind of mentality that this is the way christians do things christians do it by um 
by this courtship ritual of talking to their parents, getting their parents permission, their blessing and their input into the relationship. And that it's, you know, it's a family, you know, kind of thing. I mean, I'm surprised a dowry wasn't brought up in the whole con concept. Um, it's so medieval, but, um, again, it, it's not, you know, you don't just say like, Hey, let's go grab dinner and like hang out. Like you, you know, it's, it is this ritual. And, and the idea is that it is trying to lead toward marriage. Now I will say really quick, how this in one of the way how this kind of messed with my head is I was involved in a relationship all through college. You, you guys know about that um, a, a little bit with someone who um, we might not have always been very compatible with each other, but I felt that I, I felt this pressure that um, that because I was in this relationship with this person that it's practice for marriage and marriage is hard that I need to like stick with this person no matter what, because that's what it's training for marriage. You don't just get out because you don't feel happy today. And that is so unhealthy. Yeah, no, it, it is. It's such a dangerous viewpoint to see. Like, I understand that there is an aspect of dating that for most people and not everybody, and it doesn't have to be for everybody, but for most people, it is, you know, wanting to get to know people and see, is this the relationship that could become a marriage someday? I get that. But to see dating as training for marriage is such a, <laughs> is such a so. dangerous concept because it can only lead to two outcomes. It's either training yourself that when you get married and it doesn't work, then forget it. Or training yourself that when I'm dating, I have no way out and I'm stuck in this relationship right. and I need to do everything I can to make the No, you're dating. You're yeah. not married. It's, it's like, a lack of understanding of the definition of dating, which is ultimately to get to know somebody better. Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right. It's well, and like not, and, it's not marriage. Right. And I want to be and I want to be clear that like the pressure that I felt was uh, by that point was not from my mom, but what, you know, that 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 whole kind of thing right. it passed, but right. this no. was more of a cultural expectation. No, because it seemed we went to a seems, very evangelical school and that yeah. was a lot of people I was around, that was kind of what was going yeah, on. Because because the impression I got about the story you told about your mom, the impression I get is not that your mom was like I have to approve of everyone you date. It was simply I do not approve of this one person you want to date. Right. right. <laughs> so right. So that's a different discussion. So I get that. Right. I, so your mom who's listening, I, I understand. I know. I know. Okay. I got it. I got it. Okay. We're good. <laughs> but I, um, but yeah. And, and the thing is, it's like I spent, you know, I spent several, you know, especially one entire calendar year just profoundly unhappy hmm. because I felt that I had to. And and I think she was also unhappy. But she stayed because of similar pressures. We just stayed in this relationship together, even though we were so unhappy. And you know, I, what happened was we we ended up breaking up my first year of seminary. So this is how long I went in with this. I mean, I was in seminary, which you know that was two thousand eight, ten years ago when I started seminary, and we broke up my first year of seminary. And I, I, you know, I, like Father Fun and others will, will we could comment if they were here about you know they. It was sort of a, I've learned that there was sort of a perception of me as like a just a dating fiend after that um, after that breakup, which is true. Um, it's totally true. But I did do a fair amount of dating because it was the first time in my life I had ever tried that. And so, you know, so I would go out on dates with people and I had a few that I that that we we, we dated for a few like a month or so. Like we had a pretty consistent thing and then it just sort of ended. And, you know, I was playing catch up in a lot of ways. Um, and I and I learned that. It's very liberating. Dating is a very liberating thing because it's like 
there's it, it's a no harm no foul like you go out with somebody and if you if it works and you have fun great you can do it again if you realize it's not all that fun then you don't have to do it again and there's no moral aspect there's nothing heavier to that it's just okay cool like we had a good time you know like there was this girl i dated for a while and then she one day decided that she didn't want to date me anymore she called me on the phone and we just had very different philosophies about what this was all about and she said that she didn't want to she didn't want to do this anymore. And I said, okay. And we were done. And it wasn't like I cried myself to sleep and, or anything like that. It was just sort of like a, it was very, it was a very liberating experience for me to be like, oh, okay. Fine. And it's funny because, you know, that, that book, what you're describing is something that's not something that's like overly romanticized when it comes to love and relationships and stuff. It's, it's, it's very um, casual. And, you know, that book really appealed at least it came out when, when we were teenagers so like yeah everyone yeah. i mean I, I remember the culture around me was all about that book and courtship and blah 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 and it's it's kind of like when you think about it it's probably a way more romanticized idea of relationships than just what they thought was being fed to our generation which kind of makes it more dangerous when you consider the ages involved who tend to over romanticize things in the first place. Yeah, and that's and that's what I mean and that's what I mean by seeing dating as quote unquote training for marriage. I see it as being so dangerous because it is it's over emphasizing something that's not it's placing an importance and weight on dating that doesn't need to be there. In the sense that you could obviously have a discussion for reasons why casual dating can lead to bad decisions oh yeah well duh so can everything else in life including extremely serious dating like choosing to stay with somebody because i believe i'm training to marriage instead of leaving because we both know this is a toxic relationship and we're not married so there's no obligation to make it work like it's it's going to an extreme that just uh, uh it's it's so frustrating. It's like we're trying it's like we're trying to take the moral high ground and say that dating has to be special, but you're taking it to a point where it's like but you're making it something it's not and putting a weight and a stress and an expect an expectation that doesn't need to be there. Like go out on a date, see if you like somebody. If it works, go out on another date. If it continues to work, keep dating. At some point it starts to become something more serious. And that's when you start talking about things like possibly getting engaged, possibly getting married, but that's not what dating has to be like continue to get to know the person. And then if you're like, Whoa, slam on the brakes, we're two very different people, which is fine, but we don't have any intention of this working, then be done. It's dating. You're not training for marriage. You're dating. Right. Well, and it's, it's, it's also, it's also like, it creates this like thing where it's like, if I, if I say, Hey, you want to go out with me? That that's basically saying, Hey, you know, do you, you know, do you, do you, do you, you want to marry pre, me? Do you want to pre, yeah. do you want to pre being, do you want to be pre engaged to get engaged to be married someday and, in the future? With and me? I also think, <laughs> and I, well, and I can talk a little bit about too, about my own emotional health and development. You know, like I, I dated a girl for a long, uh, twice. Um, we dated for like a year, broke up, got together again for another year and then broke up again. And it was bad both times in the, toward the end. Um, but like, I look back at the time at that time of my life and like the way I was emotionally, I was so emotionally immature. And again, like part of it was because I had never gone through 
just sort of a normal dating experience to develop my emotional maturity of how to deal with different things like a rejection or, or how to, you know, interact with another person or whatever. And again, like in my mind, it was like, well, you know, this is like training for marriage. And this is sort of like this, this person, even though she's my girlfriend and it was like significant other kind of, you know, weight to that, you know? So I, I just think about the, the, the amount of emotional development, like emotional stunting that even happened as a result of, of that kind of, that kind of model, because you learn a lot when you don't have to, you know, be attached to this person. And it's, um, I, you know, and I just, I just think of all the people I know who got, you know, and I hope our listeners don't hear this wrong, but I think a lot of the people who, who get married when they're like 18 years old (laughs) and, 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 you know, there are, there are plenty of marriages that have been successful, and I'm pretty sure most of those people will tell you they were very hard to be successful. Um, but to think that, you know, you know, and we do that because the ancient world, you know, or the, the older, you know, an older world set that precedent for us. You know, right. 18 is adulthood. Um, but our world is very different than when we came up with that philosophy. And 18, you know, I mean, if, if you died in your like 50s, then right. it makes sense to get married when you're 18. Yeah, yeah. But there's so much like, I mean, I just think the three of us guys think about who we were when we were 18. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about (laughs) it. Right? (laughs) Exactly. Let's move on. Um, It's really funny. Can I think? No, you need to say something. Get it out. I I do need to interject because I am kind of having a moment like as we're recording. I made the joke earlier where I was like, I don't get the difference. But like now that we're talking about it and it's becoming more fleshed out, we're exploring this deeper, this whole idea of courtship. Um, it was ingrained in me. Yeah. Because now that I think about, <laughs> oh God, here we go. Uh, <laughs> uh, now that I think about the women that I pursued, uh, <laughs> sorry. And then the reason I'm uncomfortable is because I, I'm, I'm pretty sure some of them probably listen to this podcast. I, I think about, I, I never approached them with, Hey, let's just get a uh, date a little bit and get to know each other. Let's go get coffee. It was always, Hey, uh, I have feelings for you. Uh, person I've never gone on a date with um, and only know through class. <laughs> and, and, and I'm having right. a moment and it's not good. It's not, it's not good. It creates and I, these I'm, ideals. Um, and it's, it is starting well, to make a lot of sense as to why uh, I was this, never in a relationship. Well, it's it's also, one, one well, it's also, oh, okay. Sorry. I'm sorry, Matt. I'll, I'll no, get to you. I, I just, uh, it, the other, cause the flip side of that JP and I, the moment that I'm hearing, you know, and, and as I'm kind of sharing with you in this is when I was, when I was in high school, like there were plenty like not plenty, but there were a few girls that had definitely, you know, that, uh, looking back, I realized that they had expressed interest in getting to in, in possibly, you know, going out with me or something like that. Yeah. And I didn't give them the time of day because in my mind, they weren't that ideal. They weren't the person I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. I thought, ah, they might have been fun to hang out with a little bit, but I don't know that I want to spend the rest of my life with them. Of course, how could I know that at 16 years old, yeah. uh, 17 years old? But I passed up opportunities to Due to that, because I had my eyes fixed on this ideal, this oh oh we could do a whole episode on this on this Proverbs thirty one woman, um, you know what I mean by that, right? Yes, yeah, the 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 perfect woman, the yeah, the the, the biblical ideal, yeah, yeah. Um, we could talk about the sexism and all that, but I, uh, I you know, so I had that that this, you know, and it was all about like you know whoever I sort of had I had an infatuation with was cast in this like perfect mold, and you know everyone else is just sort of like eh, you're around. But like it's all about putting my focus on that one because that's the person that you know 
society, my culture, all that's told me that's the person I'm supposed to have, you know, as that's the best. Right. And if I can't have that person, then why bother with anyone else? Which is horrible. Yeah. I think that the key thing, because I don't know who listens to us in detail. I don't know what ages listen to us and what click play and hear this and whether they're dating, not dating, married, engaged, divorced, um, no interest in ever meeting anybody else. I don't know any of that about who's listening. Um, and I think that's the important thing to remember when we're talking and teaching about dating and relationships is that everybody's an individual mm-hmm. and everybody's experience in life and experience with other people and relationships are all different. Um, there's no mold you can make that if people just follow this, you'll be okay. Um, so if courting, if courting is the thing you want to do and that's the way that makes sense to you, then go out and be honest with the person that you're wanting to court and discuss it with them and let them be a part of deciding whether that they want to be a part of or not. Um, if dating is what you want to do, then go out on a date and talk with somebody, get to know them. And if it starts to continue date, 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 then start discussing more. What kind of relationship are we actually looking for? If you just want to hang out and date, continue to do that. But the key to all of it, and the one thing that I'm going to pass on one day to my children when they start asking about relationships and how do you do this and what should you do about that? The number one, the only thing that I think is consistent that you can place in no matter what age, no matter what group, no matter what gender, the only consistent thing is to be honest with the person that you're talking with. Um, Because if you're honest, if you want to be a casual dater and you're honest about it and they're honest about it, then everybody's going to be fine, guys. Like, you're going to be good. If you're... If you want more out of a relationship and you're honest about it and they don't, then be done. It's okay. If they want more and you don't, be done. It's okay. Just be honest with each other. It's when we start placing this expectation of, like, this is what it has to be, and then we're not honest with ourselves and with each other about what we're actually feeling and experiencing is when everything starts It starts going to hell. I mean, it just does. Well, let's... Let's also touch on just a little bit, just the, the inherent sexism that's in this kind of model, right? Because right. it's, you know, it, it creates a situation where like a woman, because it's, I mean, again, never read Joshua Harris's book, but I can talk about the cultural expectations that I've experienced around this is that, you know, you, as a man, you go, you know, there's no expectation that the girl talks to the mother of the, of <laughs> yeah. the guy, right? right? Yeah. Um, it's all about the man going and talking to her dad and it's all about, oh, you know, protecting her chastity and all this kind of stuff and it's it's um but it's it you know like you're saying matt it fosters this thing where because it has all this pressure and expectation on it it suddenly then puts this pressure and expectation on the woman in the relationship to have to sort of you know cave to what the man wants out of it and you know and the man is then given a lot of the man is given a lot of authority to sort of lay the, you know, to sort of dictate what's going to happen in the relationship. I mean, I know there's more to it. it, it, it these are bigger cultural issues. This isn't just inherent in the idea of courtship or whatever. But it's, uh, you know, this is this is what's happened for the past 20 years. Mm-hmm. This, and and we're now seeing. We're, I mean, what's what's scary about it is we're now we're now seeing the fruition of that culture and what's happened with it. And we're seeing that it isn't all that great. 
and it's been really bad for families and for and for people's happiness and mental health. And yeah, fortunately, you know, there is a culture shift happening. Yes, we can all agree on that. And it is kind of I think it is sort of being seen as at this point very antiquated. And I think generations coming in are probably going to be ignoring it. <laughs> at least I hope they are. Um, but uh, we yeah. need to move on. But this is obviously a really great topic. We should probably touch on it more uh, next year, um, in a future episode. I think we we should probably bring in some women as well to maybe talk about it because yeah. might be it might be fun to do an episode like maybe a two parter split episode, like one with like Matt and Heather, and then one with Kana and I. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, yeah, because Kana. I mean, I know I don't. I would. I'd be, I'd be curious to hear what like. Yeah, I think I'd be curious Three. to hear like what what. Um, I think I'd be curious to hear what Heather. I shouldn't say it would be. Four, I am a four-part episode: one with Heather and I, one with him and Kana, then one with me and Kana, one with him and Heather, where we actually find out the true answers. That would be awesome, actually. <laughs> I uh, and then me know, I, and um, me, and then uh, the, the me, fifth tap on it all, where it's just JP. <laughs> it's just me. I just just talking about myself. But no, I would be I would be interested actually to hear both Kana and Heather's perspectives on this and what it was like for them growing up in that. I mean, because. I, 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 I gather that Heather probably grew up with that, with, with, with this as part of the culture. Um, Kana did not. Kana grew up um, Methodist, and this wasn't a part really necessarily of her. Well, no, I guess it was because she was the one who sent me the link about this. So I guess she did know about, about all of this. Um, so, yeah, I would like to hear more. Great. 